Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. John's family has abandoned him. That's right. I don't blame them. Where'd they go? I don't you know? either. Where'd they go? I like always eat the, all the guac and stuff. Dude. Uh, they went to Costco. El Costco, you mean? Costco run. Isn't is it? But is it? El, not, is yes, it's El Coscalito. That's stupid. <laughs> so I really love the amount. You're dumb. The amount of hate your vacation is generating in the congregation. It's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We got a message. So just so you guys know, all emails and messages on Facebook, <laughs> I also see them. <laughs> Somebody messaged us and just talked all the shit about me to Jed, thinking only Jed saw them. But that's that's not how it goes down. Oh, that's not what happens. So funny, man. That so funny. <laughs> that's because yeah. that's because the congregation knows where their allegiances lie, and they know mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I need to know that they think you're a piece of trash, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I just um so I... today's uh today's interview is with Andrew, the alcoholic Calvinist. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. he's still uh, pretty boy. Pretty boy, Andrew. Yeah, but and I think I don't think I think we stopped recording, but the last ten minutes of our conversation was was devoted to you. And, and it, what did he say? He was like, "Yeah, I wish I could just you know go to Mexico. I'm just gonna go work there for a few months and like send a few emails and just print money." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's jealous because he hates his job. That's what that. That's what that is. Yeah, we're all jealous because we want to be in. We want to click buttons and print money, dude. That's all I do all day. You can't see me right now, but I'm just going beep, boom, beep, boom, yeah. and putting poking one finger at a time into the keyboard. Every, that's all I do all day. Every, every time you hit you hit enter, there's like a cha ching, and then like a mariachi band <laughs> pops out from around the corner, and it's like da 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 da. da. I'm all send. You hear a shoom from email, and then the mariachi band comes. Yeah. That's exactly it, dude. So, me and Brent had our first. I wouldn't. I don't. I guess it wasn't like close to like a fight, but we had our first uh, alt like conflict altercation, whatever, with a uh, with like a roided out gym rat at the gym the, yesterday really yeah so it was like him he was i mean he was a if i if i was a betting man this dude is on steroids i mean he was like fucking massive like huge like freakishly huge okay and it was him and his yeah and his lady and they're doing like you know 900 pound leg machines and so like the leg machine is in between uh, the decline and the incline bench. And so like we did uh-huh. incline and then we moved over to decline and, sure. um, we're, we're not doing like crazy heavy. It's so much. It was so funny, but like, so I'm on the bench decline and as I'm about to like lift off, he just walks over like it's, it's pretty tight quarters, but he just walks over and just throws a weight plate on our bench. Like while I'm on it. Are you serious? Okay, so there we go. That's the correct answer. So I, I was just going <laughs> to ask you. What the fuck? Yes, that's that is very poor gym etiquette. Correct. That guy's just being a bully. Exactly. That guy's just being an asshole. 
Exactly. So we let. It'd be uh, one thing if you know him and he's fucking with you, but like just some stranger at the gym. Right. Oh, also, he was wearing sunglasses inside. I'll I'll preface. Oh my sweet Jesus! So this is the type of guy we're dealing with. So he does it once, and I look at Brent, and I'm like, uh, okay, guy, all right. And so I just whatever, and I do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Brent gets on there, and then he does it again. And so Brent's like, hey man, uh, if you don't mind, could you like not Not do that? Throw the the weights on there. It kind of shakes the it kind of shakes the the machine or whatever. And the guy's like, yeah. Excuse me? He's like, whoa, whoa, hold on, man, hold, hold on. He's like, that's just foolishness. That's you're telling me that little little ass weight gonna shake that whole ass machine? And then he went into like, it was like, well, hey, man, it's just about respect. And he's like, well, well, you need to learn how to talk to people, man. And he's like, and maybe you should just be doing uh, weight that you can handle. And so then he like turned it into like shit. Well, I was, and then benching. you put more on it. Yeah, <laughs> I was uh, doing weight I could handle, well, and then you put more on it. And then it, we're like, I was like, dude, it's just like just at least wait until I'm not like like in between sets. And then like after that, he just came back again. And goes, oh, so. And he literally did the exact thing that we told him not to do. Like, when I was on the bench, he went to put it. He's like, so I can put it on now? And we're like, no, man. This, that's literally when I said don't do it. He's like, man, I can't believe y'all, man. Y'all, y'all some foolishness. God, dude. So we're just like, okay. Brent just goes, yeah, you bad. Yeah. You bad. Uh, You're bad. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I got into an I don't it's super rare that that happens for That's small the like first I think, time it's happened to me yeah ever yeah I got into an argument one time with this uh <laughs> fucking tool bag anyway he wasn't as douchey it sounds like but like I put my stuff I put my water bottle and something else like on the bench while I went and took a piss right yeah. this is at Planet Fitness it's so, like I wanted to say the bench, like I'm in between sets, I'm going to pee. Totally, that right? that's, that's a bench. That's how you save it. Yes, right. Right, or like a towel, you put it on you, the bench yeah. itself. Yeah, you know, this guy moves my stuff, and then is like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't know anybody was here." And I was like, "Bro, you literally had to pick my things up and move them to use the bench." Right. Like, sorry, sorry. Well, yeah. And I was like, "Can you just leave?" <laughs> just go somewhere <laughs> anyway yeah yeah i hate that dude because then you're like all angry i and know flustered I, I wanted to be like i wanted to go back and tell him like listen guy you may not know this but we're both alcoholics so like i'm gonna be thinking about this until fucking next wednesday man like, <laughs> you just ru- and, and of course the whole like we would me and brent would quit talking about it and then one of us would be like and another thing, like this is, you know, da 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 da. What he should have done. Oh, oh it's just like, dude, you just wrecked my headspace, you asshole, man. Oh, that sucks. It's that stupid. super sucks. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, that is dumb. Are are you? Do you see movies while you're down there? Did you take your kids to the Lion King? I'm actually buying tickets. I'm multitasking, and I'm buying tickets on the interwebs right now to do that same thing. How does that work there? Like, do they? Is it shown in Spanish with subtitles? No. Well, so that wouldn't work because only because only one of my kids is of the age they can read. Huh. But they um, so uh, there's one. It depends on the theater, but most theaters will play them in Spanish and English. It also kind of depends on the movie. 
So um, we've seen, actually, I've seen two. We've seen Toy Story 4 and the new Spider-Man mm. while we were here, which was super fun, by the way. Spider-Man was fun. Did, have you seen that yet? I, I did. It was good. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Anyway. Yes, it was fun. Um, they play it in English with Spanish subtitles. Oh. And then, depending on the movie, they might have a dubbed Spanish version as well. Like The Lion King, they have a dubbed Spanish version running, too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, oh, well, let me, know, let me know what you think. Yeah, for sure. I will. Have you seen it? I have. The Lion King? I've heard it got really not good reviews. I've seen a bunch of bad reviews for it. Yeah, and it's not bad by any means, but A. Yeah, my expectations are lower. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you know how I feel about Beyonce, so there's that going into it. Well, I love Beyonce. Well, and and Donald Glover. I love Donald Glover. You you know, I love Donald Glover, but what I realized was how perfectly cast the original was as far as voices and how like, Uh, yeah, I mean, just Timon and Pumbaa killed it. Best part of it. Hands down. I still cried when Mufasa died. So that's what I was going for. Also. So me and Kaylee and Adam went and you know, of course I knew we went opening night. I knew there was going to be Buku children there. Like whatever. That's yeah. Yeah. No problem. So, but there was yes, this, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this family on our row, and like uh, maybe fifteen minutes into it, they just start taking flash pictures. Shut up! Yeah, like is it like asshole week in Lafayette, Louisiana, or people something? Don't, especially with movies, dude. The pe- the people in Lafayette, Louisiana's movie etiquette is butt cheeks, dude. They don't know what they are doing. <laughs> it's just. It, it boggles my mind How, the, the lack of awareness. So, but no. So, so they do it once. Okay, fine. You know, a kid maybe you mess, you pressed a button, you didn't. Whatever. I can excuse once. Okay. Right, and, right, 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 right. And the and the thing was, it was like angled at us so that we are in the picture. So I want to see that picture real bad because our faces are great. Uh, so then, about like thirty minutes later, it happens again. And Kaylee just goes, yo, quit it. And just like scream, dude. At the child, he starts crying. At the child. No, they didn't know, but hell, there were no more pictures after that. I tell you what, but. Tell you uh, what, boy. I, I felt like I was in trouble. Like I sank down in my seat and I was like, oh, don't yell at me. I didn't oh, do anything. God. <laughs> uh, so that was that's funny. funny. Good she times. Yeah, Good she don't times. play. Uh, what else has been going on? Um, just straight chilling, dog. Like working. I'm gonna go get a new tattoo. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure all that out. What are you going to get? Um, I'm gonna get. So the Aztecs had elite warrior classes. Um, I don't know how much you know about the Aztec Empire, but... Uh, um, I know a lot. I read a lot of Graham Hancock, my friend. Okay, I don't know what that is, but that's fine. So, uh... you who do not know a lot about the Aztec Empire. Anywho. um, He's been on Joe Rogan a bunch. He's the the big, um... Anyway, he's big on ancient civilizations. Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah. uh, So, there was... In Mexico, the Mayans were, like, at the very southern tip of Mexico, but it was mostly Aztecs, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you Empire. a southern tip. Continue. Gotcha. Just a tip. Just and so, 
anyway, the Aztecs had um, two very distinct, like, special forces, uh, but they were, like, an elite cast of warrior. So, like, they got, like, in their society, they were venerated and all of that stuff. But you had to meet these certain criteria to be this special type of warrior. And there was the Eagle Warriors and the Jaguar Warriors. And you had to, um, their task, they were, like, the front lines in any battle, and their task was to capture enemies and bring them back. Like if you killed them, you were considered a sloppy, that was sloppy war. If you killed your enemy, you're supposed to capture them and bring them back to be sacrificed. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I'm getting a giant Jaguar, Jaguar warrior portrait on my arm, on my arm parts as, as an indication that that has nothing to do with you. And you would in fact be the shit shoveler of the Aztec empire. I'm assuming. <laughs> Because I'm I'm hearing the explanation yeah. and I'm I'm just uh-huh. thinking, what does this have to do with John? He's certainly no listen. He's no warrior. Um, and and you're you're getting uh an inked representation of sacrifice uh-huh. to pagan gods. Cool deal. Yeah, cool. Cool, that's cool, right. Cool. Why don't listen? Listen. Why don't you just come on over to my gym and we can bench press a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. gonna sling I'll show my you weights on you. I'm gonna put all the weights on your shit. That's cool. Um. Man. Yeah, so I'm stoked. There's a really good. I found a really good parlor that does uh, really awesome, like portrait black and gray stuff. So that's what it's going to be. What if what I'll if, post pics? I'll post pics when it's done. What if so? Like that verse that's talking about um, uh, better to like gouge your eye out and all that, and better to enter into life maimed than die. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, sure. Like better no, to gouge your eye out than to lust or to cut your hand off. Oh yeah yeah, evil, yeah, 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 yeah. What if like? Sure. What if when you get to heaven, they're all like, "Oh, like you're cool, but like that, that arm, arm. sorry, bro, <laughs> <laughs> it can't come in." But it's just a tattoo. I know, but like the dude that did it totally did it with spiritual ink, so <laughs> it's yeah. eternal. I'm fucked then. I'm gonna have to get like all kinds of arms and legs and shit chopped off. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, my yeah. My feet be sinning twenty four seven. No, I'm saying I, I, I be telling people I run miles, but I run like two feet, two foots, two footses, two footses. Uh, you, you don't. Do, you do, you do, how, how much longer are you gonna be in? Uh, humming, humming, humming. Um, we have like, oh, dude, like only three more weeks. Aww. I know the it's gonna be like I'm. I'm gonna be ready to go when I first got here. For the first like three weeks or a month, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna move here for sure. Like, and, we're just and, gonna move." And and now, and now ready, I'm yeah. like, "No, I'm gonna be ready to be. I'm gonna be ready to get back home." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's like right. two two months is like the perfect amount of time. Yeah, um, it totally. is gonna like rip my heart out to leave here at the same time. Like, I I love it, and uh, a big part of coming here for me was like reclaiming my part of my culture. You know, because my Mexican family is so whitewashed. It's been a big, 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 big part. So um, it's been a life-changing trip for sure. How, what, like, what percentage are you? Half. You're straight up half? Oh, yeah. Where's your family from? Uh, my grandma's side of the family's from Baja. I don't know where my grandfather's uh, side of the family was, was from. Um, he, so... I, I don't know. He was a raging alcoholic, and my grandma left him when, like, really, really early, right? Like, uh-huh. took all the kids and left. Um, 
but my grandmother was born in the United States. My great grandparents were born in Baja. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So both my grandparents were Mexican, which makes my mom full Mexican, Avi, and my dad's like white bread Irish boy. So. Nice. Yeah. Half well, that's half, pretty cool. Half so, so mission yeah. mission accomplished then. I think so. I think so. I've learned. I've learned a lot. I'm. I'm gonna go um, back to school for and uh, get fluent in Spanish. My Spanish is like mediocre. Um, so there's, you know, again, it's there's no way to say that this wasn't like a life changing trip for me. Yeah, it's really, it's really been cool. Yeah, very cool. Well, before, yeah, dog. Oh, uh, so quick plug, my. <laughs> My favorite shirt I've made so far, the Area 51 raid. Uh, <laughs> we're just here for the Nephilim. You can get that at storefrontier.com slash church and other drugs for only like 16 more days. It's just a limited time thing. Um, but yeah, we all know what aliens really are. Isn't that right, my friend? Right. Aliens. Yep. From other planets. Uh, yeah. Send us an email, church and other drugs at gmail.com, patreon.com slash church and other drugs. Um, Ben Pelfries, the new Patreon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't remember if he just re-signed whoop, 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 whoop. up or if he's a new sign up, but either way, Ben Pelfrey. Thank you, my friend. Big shout outs to Big Ben. Big um, Ben. And yeah, so enjoy the interview with Andrew. We talk about uh, what do you do when you're resentful at God. Hmm. Also, what would you do for a Klondike bot? <sighs> Turns out quite a lot. Dirty, wow. awful, inhumane things. Unspeakably evil things. That's All right, right. my friend. Alright, dog. Your legs. I can hardly see what's in front of me. Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, how long has it been since last we talked? I feel like it's been like a year. I don't nah, think that's that'll right. Be crazy. That'll be crazy. That's not true. Maybe six months? Mm, yeah, I think it's probably been every bit of six months. Yeah. Um, a lot's gone on in the past six months. Um, give me your update on any big things that have happened with your faith. Uh any, I mean, any new developments besides the fact that, that as an old man, you look like. <laughs> I look like Josh Brolin, dude. Yes, you straight up do. Which is, yeah, I did that. Um, I did that face app thing that ages your face. Uh, and I look shockingly like Josh Brolin. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I guess that's it's a good, good thing. thing. That yeah. is a good thing. 
for sure. I wonder, I wish there's no possible way that I'll keep that picture, but it'd be really interesting to see how accurate it's going to be. It's probably pretty accurate. That face AI stuff is pretty weird. Uh, let's see. Faith updates. God, I hate to say that it's like the same. It's not the same. It's still, um, I've kind of just, dis- this season, we'll use that. This season, I've just been deciding to just believe, to just have faith. Um, I keep getting, I guess I've been wondering if God has or has not been leading me to be on or be off of antidepressants. So I guess that's been the big subject of this past, yeah, six or eight months. Um, where has God been with my depression? Why I feel like he's being distant or if it's me and I need to change things. I just got after like repeated stuff. I just got a book, um, on like Christian meditation that Dan Koch sent to me. Uh, so I'm kind of reading through that. It's kind of just like uh, prayer and meditation for dummies in a Christian way. It was like written in 1766 or something. So that's pretty interesting. Um, that's awesome. How is yeah. that? Like, I mean, what is? How is? I mean, are you are you meditating uh, on a daily basis? So here's the thing, man. No, I'm so bad at it. I'm so it's it's one of those things where. I don't, I have no excuse. I just get distracted, man. I'm distracted by my phone a lot. I'm distracted by my own thoughts. I have kind of, I think it is a newer, and you can tell me if this is a cop out or not, but I have found a meditative state I've gotten into where I'm, I listen to my like orchestral classical music and I paint and draw and I've been really uh, churning out some art lately, which is cool. Um, And I always focus on god during those times like it's it's a lot easier for me to do it with music but as far as like just sitting by myself and meditating no i have not been good at that that's an interesting question can i mean most certainly i guess i don't know if you call it meditation if you're painting i mean you're you're it's more communing with god than it is meditating i think meditating is, is much more about being still and 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 um, listening to God or um, meditating on a particular piece of scripture. Um, yeah, that's what this book, that's like the, the first thing that it tells you to do is just read like a very, like pray and then read a very, very short excerpt of scripture and then just meditate on it. Like sit in stillness and like pray on that and ask things to be revealed. Um. I should do that myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do, but I, I'm, uh, a lot of times I'm, I meditate on my breath. It's much more of a mental health thing. Uh, my Christian meditation, and I won't call it that, it's more prayer, uh, and then it's me being still and, and, and trying to um, commune with God in the same way. Not painting, but just being still. and um, Is most certainly effective uh, but a lot of times my medit my, like my classical meditate <clears throat> meditation practice is much more about um, reducing or alleviating <clears throat> anxiety 
or um, anger, or fear, all those human emotions that creep up and dominate my headspace. I mean, yeah. it's it's unbelievable, like how frequently I have to take pause, literally say the word pause in my head, and then take a deep breath and fill my stomach and just go, all right, just stop. Like you need to stop. Right, and it happens multiple times a day, um, mostly at work. I mean, and uh, and I've been pretty public about this. I mean, my my professional journey has been such an interesting one in many respects. Like I'm far beyond where I ever thought I would be, and <clears throat> and then in other ways, um, about where I'll be, uh, and maybe that's. Just give, for people that don't know, give the snapshot. Um, well, I'll be careful here just because I don't know who's listening, but yeah, I mean, you can just give a general profession if you want. Well, I mean, shit, I'm a drug addict and alcoholic. Like how professionally successful did I ever think that I would be? Um, and you know, I've somehow figured out a way to scrape and claw and, and get to a place where, um, I, do, I work regularly. I do well. And, and, and um, you know, there's there's ways to kind of quantify that. I mean, be it, I mean, whatever, kind of this stereotypical ways. But I think that I've learned a lot about what leadership is and what leadership is not. So the past, like, couple of years have been super humbling because I found myself, whereas before I was sort of blissfully ignorant. Like, I... I I had teams of people that I oversaw. Uh, things went well. And, you know, yes, sure, there was always personality conflicts because that's sort of the nature of a team. But in many respects, there were no, there was nothing so um, egregious that it would cause, like, any room for true concern. As responsibility grows and, you know, you, you start interacting with various levels of leadership above you, I, you know – you have to learn to adapt to your audience and I'm, I am many things, but I am, uh, being brevity is not my strong suit. (laughs) And so I think in many respects, I mean, um, no matter how detail oriented you are, if you're, um, unable to create a really quick, short, three-point bullet to leadership that they're going to lose interest quickly and you know it, it's it's a learned skill so past couple of years have been this this kind of exercise and taking pause and saying what's important what do the people in front of me really need to know um what are, what, are, what does my peer group really care about what are the employees actually um you know, what's keeping them up or what's the client really want? I mean, it's all these different sort of practices that uh, are mental practices that you have to learn. And I don't know. I did. I guess I didn't really – nobody kind of sits you down and says, this is how to deal with people in a professional setting. And more importantly, like this is how you incorporate your faith and your <clears throat> meditative practices into a professional setting. I mean, there are books, yeah. podcasts, and all that kind of shit, but – Half of those books and podcasts, I really just feel like you don't know what you're talking about either. Like, this all sounds great, 
and fancy, but how does it live is usually my litmus test. Um, yeah. I mean, I want to do a meditative podcast called Fuck Right Off. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it'd be like a meditative podcast, fuck right off for good Christians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, as much as I meditate, like I am the least like calm guy you've ever met. I'm just, I'm like, if you could, if somebody said, yeah, describe yourself in one way, you would go and describe yourself in one word. What would it be? Hmm. Uh, it would be. erratic i guess <laughs> i don't know that's a no one's ever asked or i haven't been asked that since like middle school in those weird like personality tests uh i would i guess like adjectives fail me andrew aloof a little bit i don't know uh sarcastic is probably sarcastic all of those things would probably yeah. but i think that anybody that knows me would say intense like I have never escaped that adjective, no matter how many times, either that or long winded. <laughs> it's true. I do feel like I'm in trouble doing this interview. I feel like I've been called into an office of some kind and I need to apologize for something. So whatever I did, I'm sorry, man. With me? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's terrific. Okay. <laughs> terrific. Uh, you and I are chatting, I guess, I don't know. Was it last week or the week before? Like, what are we going to talk about? And, um, uh, did you have any ideas? Because I did. and I, I kind of and- liked that idea. Yeah, because it's – so the idea we came up with was uh, – or you came up with, rather, was what do you do or resentment toward God or what do you do when you're resentful toward God, uh, which I can relate to. I Lately with me, I guess how that's a prime topic is that I've just – I have been resentful at God for not – having peace and contentment i've like anxiety and even like cravings have been coming i guess not cravings but the obsession to use and stuff has been popping back up like just i have not been able to achieve that spiritual supernatural sense of just like peace and calm and contentment uh here lately and it just i get angry like Especially when, and I think I've already talked about this, but when I when I feel like I am doing God's will, I'm in a place, I'm helping people, and yet I feel like I really need some help that I'm not getting. Does that make sense? No, it totally does. So it's, I don't even know, I'm trying to uh, empathize. So I'm putting myself, I'm, I'm becoming JP right now. How do I become you? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, this is an innocent question. It's not intended to imply anything. But when, in an effort to be selfless, are you doing it selfishly? Mm-hmm. Like, are, let me say it differently. Like, are you doing it to serve God with the expectation of something in return, or are you doing it to help others with the hope that in so doing you will be granted some level of peace, or are you doing it to obey, or are you doing it because you seek to get outside of yourself and um, in so doing like that last little bit you're holding on to because you're like, well, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to walk away and I'm going to feel like a better person. And you're not getting that because it's secretly or subconsciously selfishly motivated. 
may well so what's interesting that's yeah probably a mix a mix of all so and i kind of this this kind of happened today where this morning um resentment irritation irritability feelings of like fuck this were were at a very <laughs> very peak level and then i went into uh a session with someone and i just fully dived in and it's like when I'm in the moment and, and doing that work, when I'm like working with someone else and I can just turn off and really actually focus on them, it's like I'll go into like a fugue state where like, oh yeah, absolutely, this is this is the ticket. I'm not thinking about myself. And it's only the drives home or afterward when I'm focusing on myself that I'm like, that I start looking at the negatives of it or I feel like, yeah, I am doing a good thing. So it, it's weird. It's like at, at in the moment, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's selfish. I, I wouldn't say I'm doing it for any sort of motivation. I guess out of the moment, I do. There is a certain sense of I'm doing this, therefore I deserve this. But I, I will say obeying is also a huge motivation. Like the the line that comes to mind is you know that well done my good and faithful servant like i do want to get to heaven the afterlife the other side whatever's next and have you know god jesus be like you did a really good job man thank you you know what i mean and and uh, so time out yeah hard pause yep uh how does someone get to heaven <sighs> i don't even know anymore I've <laughs> can you let me ask you this? Can you earn enough through? No, no. Yeah, because by grace alone, through faith alone. Yes. Right. I mean Ephesians two eight. Uh, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing; it's the gift of God. I mean, this is you know, grace alone, faith alone. Right? You cannot earn your way to heaven. And I mean, we started off this conversation with me asking like where you are in your season, where you are in your faith. I'll tell you. For me, man, and this happens some regularity, I go through these seasons where I fixate on something, right? Some theological, doctrinal question that I cannot, I I, I have the answer. Like, whatever the, the theological answer may be, it's not, it's, uh, I've read it, I've I understand what the author or what the theologian is saying. And I'm still like, fuck you. That's dumb. Right? Like, there's a recent one that uh, I've sort of been hamster wheeling is why does God create people he knows go to hell? And, (laughs) like, I get it. I do. I really do. I mean, we're here to honor and glory God. And really, like... It's a. It's really hinges on this concept of free will, like, and then you go back to the predestination thing. We've talked all about that. Like, I don't want to spend the whole podcast going through all that, but like, how does predestination and the doctrine of election and you know kind of play into this? And yeah, just because God knows everything that's going to happen and He foreknew, He still gives gives the gift of free will. And now we're back at the whole concept of we obeying because we. That's the choice. That's what we've chosen to do. And then the, the counter question to, to all that is, 
if we're really being called by him and, and we're answering his call, is it, is it, are we actually doing so freely? And it's such a, you know, you, at some point you become such a mind fuck that you're like, it stops being. It's a- already a mind fuck. Just, yeah, because I've, everything you've said, there's a thousand questions for each of those things. Yeah. And then, yeah. And I mean, I was, um, do you, do you believe in a literal hell? Do I believe in a literal hell? Yeah. I mean, okay. I believe in the biblical hell. Yeah. I mean, um, now, you know what? Ooh, that, that was barbed. Uh, I, yeah. I believe in the biblical hell. <laughs> implying I don't. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's not what I was implying. Um, I know. It was too funny, though. It was. Well, well done. Um, you know, I don't want to pretend. I think that there is some argument that can be made that right now I'm not really sure if it's faith or belief. Right? If, because what, if what is? Like, do I believe? Or oh, or, I okay. Faith? Right? Like, do I believe that Jesus was the only? Yes, I believe. But do I have faith? Right? And that is a nuance that deserves its own Really, it's on podcast, but it's, it's yeah. a conversation. And then, um, I, I, and this is we were talking about meditating earlier, but this is something that like I've been kicking around in my head. And mainly, it's um, like if I have faith and, and if I have belief, and I have some modicum of faith, is like there a minimum threshold of faith? Like right, like we talked about through through grace alone, through faith alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But am I afraid to die? Are you afraid to die? JP, are you afraid to die? I I think that's one of the questions I can 99.9% say no. Not at all. Okay. I really okay. don't I really don't because and well here's here's my my, my reason is based on past experience and this unexplainable faith I have that even if I believe best case scenario, it's what, what I believe will be true is true and worst case scenario, it's nothing, which, okay. So no, does that make sense? Yeah. This is, I, I, I don't believe no. there's anything worse than what I believe. I, and I think that's a, awesome answer i until i had kids no fear of death none go ahead whenever you're ready god let's do this arrogantly like let, let's do this like yeah. whatever you're ready buddy bring the pain and um so why did kids change that because i'm so i'm selfish man like i am ready to go but not quite yet Right. First of all, I'm 41 years old. Like I'm not ready to go anywhere. I'm I'm ready to see these kids grow up. And and so, all right, it's a really good place to take a hard, not a hard turn, but just kind of provide some context. Now, I I wouldn't say that I've had a crisis of faith lately, but I've had some pretty intense conversations with God, and it's really easy to to. Um, theorize and understand like the theolo- the theoretical doctrine and da 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 right 
What's more challenging is when you're presented with something in real life that shakes you to your core and, and breaks your heart, right? And, and like I'm not much of a crier, right? It's not part of my personality. Like I'm definitely an emotional person. I'm super intense, but I'm not like a big baller, right? I mean, my wife can cry at like anything. It's unreal. We watch if we watch a commercial that touches her in a particular way, <laughs> look over, waterworks, man. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? But that's not me. So, um, but I, I I went through something. Right, I didn't go through it. I I observed something recently that had me. I've never cried that hard in my life, and I mean that. I'm saying in 41 years, I would argue that I've never cried harder than I did at a funeral that I attended recently. And I live down the street. I'm not going to tell any, I'm not going to name names, but I live down the street from a guy who's just a great, he's a good guy, man. He's a really, really good guy. He's a great dad. He's got great kids, great wife. You know, an entrepreneur who just pursued a dream and like made it work, and, and he has um, he built a company. It's an outdoor company. I won't even talk about like you know specifics, but um, he had this 17 year old son who was a great athlete, who was uh, by all accounts just like super good kid. I'd see the kid around the neighborhood all the time, big smile, really talented, um, hung out with his dad all the time. And he wasn't feeling well one day and he went to his buddy's house to go kayaking. And as a result of some congenital heart defect, he ended up having what I believe to be a heart attack and he fell out of the kayak that he was in and he died. And I, I was like, wait, what? And so we went to this funeral and watching this man, like, put his hand on this boy's open casket, right? So putting his, his – he leans down. This is an enormous man. He's 300-plus pounds. He's, like, 6'5". He's a big, big man, reduced to tears in a way that was so moving and so hard. I just painfully – because, I mean, as a dad, I'm sitting here obviously, like – I'm sympathetic. I'm empathetic. Like I'm going. I don't know what I would do if this was me. I'm thinking about my child. I'm thinking about my my daughter. I'm thinking about my son. I'm watching this man just come apart. And like he was very strong. Like he welcomed this entire line of people. Every single person in the church got in line and like went and shook everybody's hand and hugged and cried. And he just he just held it together. And it, when it was his turn, he gets down on one knee. He puts his hand on on his boy's head. And honestly, man, I just erupted like and I I just could not get it out of my head. Like how? Why? Like what possible reason is there to justify this? Like why take a child? And I get it. Like when I'm not in that, when it's not doesn't hit close to home, it's easy. To, it's a lot easier to talk about the, theoretically. But watching it, you go, what? Why? Please somehow like give me some sort of answer to understand like how it is this merciful? Like why? 
And I get it. Like, I, I, let's be very clear. Like, I understand theologically why people come and go. I mean, like, I get it. Mm-hmm. But it just it hurt, and it and it made me. Um, do you know what mesotheism is? Is that the what you get the class action lawsuit? No, mesothelia. <laughs> I know. Mesothelia. Uh, mesothelia. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Is, mesotheism is hatred of God, and Ooh. and that's like a. Is that a? What is that? Is that classifying a, a religion or just like a state of mind? No, I believe more. I mean, I don't know. It's more. I believe it to be more of a state of mind, or like, um, yeah. I mean, but I, I felt like for the first time in, I don't know, as long as I can remember, I was literally like, I was super resentful at God. Yeah. And I mean, cussing God, like, like you know, I. I don't want to offend the uh, the listeners, but like I was literally like walking. I, I'd go out for a run or on my bike, and I'd be and I would just be like, "Fuck you, man! If you ever take my son, fuck you!" Like I get it, you're God, you can strike me down, and you're big bad, whatever. But you ever mm. take my son, and like it's on, like 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 I'm gonna do anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I was just so. I had so much pain for this situation. Like I was so resentful for this man. And yet this man was just like, he has been a beacon. He has been a, um, you know, he's, he, he, I've seen him, but he started a foundation and like, he's just letting his son live on in the most positive way. And like, this is why like God's got a reason. But for me, didn't matter what the reason was. I was like, if you take my wife, if you take my son, if you take my daughter, I don't know if I can forgive you. I don't. Had, yeah, I've had that thoughts. I've done. I've had that line of thinking with my wife and parents and stuff like that. Yeah, like I really everything I've ever said. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I would do. I really and don't. That's, and that's where I came back to like this concept of like, do I just believe or do I actually have faith? And like it was a bit of like a, oh my gosh! I know that I believe in what I say. I believe. I know that I, if, but am I a Christian? Because it it's, I believe is just an act. But do I have faith? Do I have true faith? And that ultimately the conclusion is yes, I do. Right? Yes. No, no doubt. Like it, but what? The next question is, and this is ultimately what kind of led us to the conversation, is like, what do you do when you resent God? What do you do? I mean, I guess you pour your heart out to him. You tell him, right? You, you, you. Because the Bible's full of that. Absolutely. Of course. Oh, this was, this was an interesting thing that I had, um, oh, well, I was reading something. God, I'm going to butcher it, but I'll just try to piece it together. Uh, I was reading something about worship and just basically about how like the people in the Bible's relationship with God was seemingly really different than this whole like Americanized personal relationship thing where like if you really look at it so much in the scriptures, people are pissed or lamenting or sad or upset or feeling distant 
mainly operating on this whole like just pure faith really i mean it's really like hey this sucks but you're god so i'm just gonna believe and like asking you to help but where are you at yeah sorry wait a second i've got my dog i I frequently interrupt for ferrets so it's it's completely completely (laughs) yeah i mean I, I, i was um in preparation for this conversation, like I was like, well, I need to, I need to at least look at the Bible and figure out like where, how often does this? It happens with a lot, some regulations in the Old Testament, for instance. <clears throat> um, there's this, there's in Psalm seventy three twenty one through twenty two. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast towards you. Like that is how I felt. Like I was embittered. I was pricked in heart. I was brutish and I was ignorant, but I was ignorant in the most like arrogant way. Like I knew I was being ignorant. I knew I was being a jerk. I knew and I didn't know how to repent. And not only did did I, well, I guess I knew how to repent, but I I refused to. Yeah. And, And it started to lead me down this like sort of path of like, Andrew, if you... If you're committed, if, if, if like you are um, this angry and this resentful for any number of different reasons, and you also are doing so in the most like brutish or arrogant way, and you refuse to repent, is that not indicative of really where your faith is? So that's where it went back to the belief versus faith thing. And I was like, well, you know, man, I ain't the only one. Yeah, I'm just in 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 you know the the, the Bible, Job's got you know uh, he he was confused and angry and full of pain et cetera et cetera and I mean David wrote about it and I mean there's there's plenty of examples and not that I am a biblical character <laughs> I'm not uh, but it did help me to resolve that sort of pending question. You know, do I have is it belief or do I have actual faith? Do you know how long it took me to actually put God on my four-step, though? Years, years and years and years. Like at least five or six years of doing fourth steps that I was finally, I was always afraid to. It was just like this, I was raised to like, yeah, okay, you know, no matter what happens, it's not God's fault, or it's not God's doing, or you can't be angry at God or anything, but it took so long for me to put God on step four and say, I'm resentful at you for this, this, and this, and this. And it was really freeing. I mean, it's it's hard for me not sometimes. Usually, I'll, I'll circle back around to just a feeling of just being baffled, of just like, I don't fucking know, whatever, because it's it's hard for me not to look around and and just be like okay how you know you made this is this not your fault is it you know what why this it i used to resent being born from i used to resent my parents for having me so by you know by six degrees of separation that's resentful at god right it's just like i feeling stuck in situations that I didn't have a choice in 
and just not understanding. I mean, it's the most simple question of all, just not understanding why there is pain and suffering, why it still is continuing. Why, like, how long does, how long, like, another of my favorite Bible verse, like, how long, oh Lord, are we just going to, do we have to put up with this shit before you do something about it? Or, you know, obviously you are doing something about it. But yeah, like, sometimes I'm jealous of people, maybe not jealous, but I'm happy for people that sort of, a, like come from a place of being resentful at God because it's like when they finally come around it seems like they've gotten that out of the way whereas me it was like I was too damn scared to even come close to blaming almighty God for anything you know what I mean for I guess I guess it comes back to fear of him quote doing something worse to me or something I don't know I don't know where that fear came from I guess it was just like a, a reverence or something but yeah What's kind of, I think it's, because have you talked to a lot of people that have been through situations like that, that were the situations that you look at and just get unreal, like unreal, angry, or like, how the hell are you dealing with that situation? Like, have you actually been able to speak to people like that? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it, se- it seems like more often than not, it seems like they're just given some sort of like supernatural coping ability. That's exact. So there's a guy. All right. Um, I'll be careful here, but there's a guy who I know that immediately comes to mind and he never, ever, I've never seen this individual get rattled. And on one hand, I'm like, you fake motherfucker, I bet you'll get rattled if I punch you in the dick hole, <laughs> which is super Christian. Um, but on the other side, like that that like manifestation of immaturity or whatever it might be is just pure jealousy. Like I would love, even if he does feel frustration, anger, resentment, anxiety, self-doubt, whatever it may be, I would love to have the ability to appear like nothing phases me. I'm the exact opposite of that. Like I'm, I'm always in my head, which is, you know, uh, one of the smartest things I was told in early, early sobriety is, um, I should not be allowed to walk around in my mind unescorted. (laughs) That's good. And I think that, um, I think it's one of the things that's indicative of somebody's like sobri- like level of sobriety. I mean, and I'm sure there are many people that are going to disagree with this, and it's okay if you do. I don't really fucking care. The The reality is I'm going to come right out and, be, and say, like, I'm crazy. I'm way less crazy than I'm, I used to be, but, like, I, I have a, a, a fire inside of me that manifests itself and left unchecked self will, will run a riot, man. Um, and, but for the relationship that I have with God and some of the practices and, and obviously um, working the steps, working with others, calling my sponsor every day, going to meetings, partic- actively participating in mine and others sobriety is a part of it. But I would say the most important part of it is the active participation in a relationship with Christ. Um, And I see this individual 
like never sweat under pressure and I and I'm jealous of that. And I have to stop and go, Andrew, like that's not who you are. And it's not mm. you don't you can't God's got a plan for you, man. And like you thinking that God's not good or you know that you you know he's not in control or he's not trustworthy because he's not giving you what you want or whatever, like this is your ism, man. This is just and I was I think earlier in the podcast I told I was talking about this simple exercise of taking quite literally in my mind, saying the word pause and taking a deep breath and just being like, look, this is none of this matters. I have to do that a lot. And I have to do that a lot because my left my own devices, the second I get out of God's will, the second I focus on what I want or I allow things or I allow myself to play the victim or allow myself, whatever, like I react. Mm. And what I've learned to do is just sort of take pause and, uh, take a deep breath. It doesn't stop me from not like from, um, not articulating what I think, but I, what I, what I tell you, <laughs> but it, I tell you what does happen is that my thought is not you motherfucker. I bet you'll react if I punch you in the dick hole. Right. Like that to me, that level of improvement is worth it. Right. It, like that's, yeah, that's sure. part of the, of sobriety. That's part of like turning it over to God and, I mean, granted, I'm the world's tallest midget, but it's better than where from whence I came. And for that, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to consider that like a win, right? And over time, maybe I get a little better to where if the ultimate goal is to just not let anything phase, phase me, that may not be totally realistic. Or if it is, I may just have to live a lot longer um, and, and hope that God's plan includes me living Till I'm 90? I don't know. However long that would be. Uh, do you want to get old? Do you want to get that old? No. Um, yeah, that's an odd question. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. That's what... if Dude, if we're honest about getting resentful at God, the most recent situation has been my... Since my grandma passed, like watching my grandpa and just realizing what a cruelty getting old really is like yeah i hate that more than anything lately is i don't know i just it's just uh, it hurts me more than anything i would say it just seems like so i don't know that's such a tricky you know what I'm saying by it. Yeah. So do you know who Jason Isbell is? The name rings lots of bells. All right. So uh Jason Isbell has a song um called Elephant. It's effectively about his this girl that he I think that he was friends with or whatever. It's I don't know if it's real or not. But he um it's a song about watching his friend die of cancer. And there's a line that says in there that says, uh, there's one thing that's real clear to me. No one dies with dignity. And it, when you were talking about that, like, you know, after your grandmother or, you're, you know, watching your grandfather have to deal with, like, what is life like after your spouse is gone? And there's, I think that there's nothing dignified about, one, dying, and two, dealing with it 
especially in like that scenario. Um, so to answer your question, man, I don't. Do I want maybe to... that's maybe that's part of the point. Yeah, I guess. Like to show, I, I mean, because it is, it is kind of maybe that is because. The especially and it's funny you can you can see the motivation behind people that are just trying to you know all the advances in uh, extending our life you know quality of life make us live longer blah, blah blah it's like trying to hold on to this this thing called humanity that we think is the have all bend all have all bend all have all end all uh, when in reality it's this short oftentimes fragile undignified thing that like thank god it's not the only thing we have maybe well so I, I, now i like the way that this is going uh we talked earlier about being afraid to die you said you're not i i don't i don't know that i'm afraid to i just don't want to because um i really like hanging out with my kids and i really like yeah. my wife but if they were taken away from me i wouldn't then I'd just be like, all right, well, whatever. This is stupid. I mean, I like my friends and I like my dog, um, but I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm ready. Now, I'm, I think that the next question that kind of naturally follows is why are you living? And if the answer is not to serve God, then do you have to check your motives immediately and say, then what are you doing? Like, are you living a life full of self? Are you just like, I know for me, I get up in the morning and I say my prayers and I do my meditation. Then I go to work and, you know, at 0700, seven in the morning, like I'm sitting there cranking on the computer, just whatever. And I, and I, throughout the day I have to stop and be like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? And man, I, I wish that I was like this spiritual juggernaut, like, I, you know, but I'm not right. Like I'm just struggling like every other, everybody else. I, or most other people. I think, I think I just realized I'm more afraid to live. I think that's the takeaway is that I'm, yeah. I mean, really it's, it's, it's the whole living thing that is frightening to me. Uh, huh. Yeah. Especially if you have to ask yourself what you're living for. Yeah. Because, yeah. oh, by the way, oh, by the way, um, this notion that you have to constantly be obedient, it's freaking tiring, man. Like, yeah, my ego is, like, right there in front of me. The concept of constantly being obedient is exhausting. I'm like, what? Can you give me a break? I mean, like, how do I – can we come to some sort of agreement here where, like – and grace seems too easy because then I'll go in the exact opposite direction of like, okay, so I don't have to do anything. I can just chill. You know, I, I literally don't have to do anything, which I guess is, could possibly be true, I guess. Uh, but So maybe, yeah, right. Uh, ask the question. Is, theoretically, is it possible that you have to do nothing because of, God's grace. <sighs> yeah. Theoretically, the answer is yes. However, oh. the fruits of the spirit. I don't think that, no, I, I don't think that. Well, I, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about though. So that when I, when I say like, that's a better reframing of what I was saying where like, 
I'm doing okay because good works do produce good fruit, right? So there is that's I that might be one of the one of the dichotomies like I'm I'm struggling with is that. <laughs> May, God, maybe I'm just ungrateful. I, I mean, I feel like I'm doing good stuff. Therefore, shouldn't good things also come of it? And maybe I'm just not focusing on gratitude. I'm not. I'm being impatient, and I'm looking at the wrong sort of quote good fruits. Maybe I'm just broke, and that's annoying. Oh, <laughs> maybe there's real simple answers to all these things. <clears throat> Um, because I, because I really came to the realization, I was like, would, would, would making more money solve the problems that I'm experiencing? And of course the answer is no, it's, it's not that. So I'm just, yeah, I don't know. Pull something from that. No, there's, there's so much to pull from it because what I don't, I hate the concept of being like this, like self-righteous Christian that doesn't. Um, acknowledge that you know we have free God gave us free will and with that free will um, comes the all of the shortcomings associated with ego and I mean just well no God gave us free will and and we're sinners and you put those two things together and you're gonna be tempted to pursue worldly things because well fuck man you're in the world and you're a thing and we like worldly things and that's the worst logic i've ever come up with and i hope that somebody who's listening chastised me for it but the reality is that we're we all are wanting we're all in pursuit of something and the reality is if we're perfect christians and we are single-minded and our sole life is to serve god we don't worry about any of this stuff we don't. We don't worry about death. We don't worry about cancer. We don't worry about people's happiness. We don't worry about, you know, the, who's dying, who's living, and who's winning the lottery. We don't care because all things to and for in honor of God, right? And so right. the reality is, though, that's not where I am in my spiritual journey. Like, I have wants and desires that are personal and selfish and that are not – they're very self-serving. They're not serving to God. And it's – and. You know, there are days where I am afraid to die, and there are days where I am resentful, and there are days where I am selfish, and I am greedy. I want more money. I want a better career. I want, you know, whatever. I've recently been resentful at my body, like, shutting down. I mean, <laughs> 41 years old, my knees hurt, and my I've got hernias, and I've got all. I mean, I'm a lemon, man. I am. I've got <laughs> physical problems than like you can shake a stick at, and you know, do I want to be 90 with like two hernias and you know back problems and just all all, all the stuff that like typically comes with old? No, but do I want to see what happened? Like, do I want to have one more sunset or one more sunrise? Yeah. Do I want to hear? You know, a gobbler hammer off the roost. Do I want to see my great grandkids? Do I want? Yes. Yeah, because there are so many joyous things in life. And so you want me to pull something out of what you're talking about. It goes back to everything I think topically we've been chatting about insofar as we wake up with good intents. Self-will runs riot. Thank God for God and the reminder to turn it over. Just because we pull it back doesn't mean we don't have faith, and just because we're not, uh, we don't, we don't immediately um, have gratitude doesn't mean 
we can't. So if you're feeling empty or you're not, you feeling like you're not um, reaping what you are sowing, uh, then you know that is probably indicative of some spiritual stale, some 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 stale spiritual thinking, right? I'm sure. Yeah, I I I agree to that because you know just to throw like, and this is so, this is really cheap. This is super big, cheap shot. It's low hanging fruit. Like what's the alternative, man? You could be, you you know, you could be (laughs) living a life you used to live. Yeah. Doing the things you do. And you know, God, it's easy to forget that shit. I mean, yeah, literally sitting in my house with my things and like my wife and yeah, well, it, it's insane. You could, you could be somebody's girlfriend in prison. Like yeah. that could be an act like that. Could, somewhere right this second, horrific things are happening and they're not you. Like that's yeah. not that shouldn't be the standard by which we measure, you know, life. But here's the harsh reality. This world, horrific, unspeakable things are in the headlines every single freaking day. We got billionaires that are like shutting down islands to have sex with girls, you know, like like kids. And you're like, what? 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 And you've got people that are as cruel, like unthinkable, unspeakable sort of atrocities taking place. And here we are in our houses, hanging out on our computers, having a little podcast about, you know. Yeah, and yeah, the, my wife, my wife just went and picked up some chicken fingers. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Too. <laughs> I mean, I, I it, hate to be like that guy, but periodically, you kind of have to. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't stop. No, to be fair. Our struggle, our individual struggles, they're not any less real. It's just context-based, right? I mean, we will, as humans, we are adaptable. So we will adapt to whatever is in front of us. But in the moment, that sort of spiritual sickness doesn't go away regardless of what's going on around us. I mean, we are sinners that need Christ. Yeah. And when we don't have him front and center, we are left unfulfilled. And I also have a disease and the devil convincing me that I don't need that shit in my life. I don't need to turn it over to God. Like, stop being such a pussy and suck it up. Like, that is how my brain actually works. Oh, God. I think I literally said that to myself, like, yesterday. And I don't know, man. Ego's a motherfucker. It really is. Yeah. And most importantly, entitlement is a motherfucker. And and there's I think that I can speak for me, there's an overwhelming amount of like self righteous entitlement because of any number of different reasons that I and then the other side of that is like the the inferiority complex where I'm like, You're such a fucking bitch, bitch. Like, <laughs> nobody beats me up more than me. Uh it's true. It's true, man. It is very true. I think uh, I think that's a good spot to wrap it. I think that's as, as close to a neatly tied bow as we'll get before going off on another hour. Okay, man. Well, I got to tell you, I love doing these things with you. And uh, we should probably just talk on the phone periodically. 
Yes. Yes. Rather, that is a thing that exists. Absolutely. Man, uh, you do good work, JP. And uh, I like your podcast. Thanks.